playing with power. Hey, and welcome to the Gaming with Power podcast. I'm your one host, Toasty, and I'm here with Power Dunk. How's it going, Power Dunk? I'm alright. I'm the other one host. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about some recent happenings in the gaming world and some new releases, I think. So it should be pretty damn good. Oh, it should. Would you like to lead, or should I? Uh, uh, yeah, man, I'll give it a go. So, uh, Metroid Dread. <laughs> that's Never heard of it. I think uh, Metroid Dread's the, the biggest news to come out in the past few weeks. And it's got to be some niche game, that. Yeah, some tiny niche game from like 20 years ago, you know. <laughs> uh, Dread, man, uh, I reviewed it for Nuke. I think you're reviewing it yourself as well. What do you think of Dread? I am, yeah. What do you think of Dread? Ah, I, I think it's outstanding. I do have issues with it, which I imagine's probably going to get me crucified at some point. But <laughs> um, it's it's good. It's up there with one of the better Metroids. I'd say it's a bit better than uh, Samus Returns, which I did enjoy. But I don't think it is quite Fusion Super Metroid level. All right. See and. That's purely because, and I've, I've put this in the review, and I'm sure people will disagree with me, I really didn't like the EMMI sections. Right. And not because they were the harder sections. They felt really disjointed from the rest of the game. Like, you knew you when you were going into that particular area and the kind of pacing changed for them bits. Yeah. And how focused the game was on them rather than them just being a cool thing like... The X that chases you around, Metroid Fusion, uh, SRX, I think it was called. Oh, the SRX, yeah. That's it. It just felt really disjointed to me. It's like they had this really cool idea, but by the fifth or sixth one, I was really tired of these like forced stealth speed sections in the same looking areas over and over again. Right, yeah, I can see that. I can see why the I've seen a few a few places that the um, the Emmy sections were tired. Um, we're seeing it's more of a negative than anything else, but I actually really enjoyed them. You see, I actually quite liked them. Uh, I thought they helped break up the game quite nicely, and I enjoyed the variety in encounters. So whether or not the the Emmy had a different uh, ability that made it harder to run away from, or it interacted differently with the world, or the environment changed. So I think the the scariest one, uh, not not that dread scary, but the scariest one was um, the underwater one because you hadn't had your gravity suit yet so you were running and jumping incredibly slowly <laughs> and then yeah. getting chased by something significantly faster um, and yeah I, 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 it did feel like they were um, a bit shoehorned in and they did break up the game and there was a, there was a very real sense that you are safe here and then unsafe here like a like blueba team like uh, layers of fear does that too um but i don't know i really enjoyed them i like the uh the chase aspect i thought it was quite well done overall um but what do you think of the lack of ridley spoiler <laughs> well i'm I, I ain't happy with that i mean we got craig for some unknown reason and they were seen as a joke and with them pitching Dread as the last of this storyline, I think it Ridley should have, in some shape or form, come back. Be it a meta Ridley or even a cyber Ridley. Even I'd have even settled for one of the Emmy robots to have like Ridley features kind of thing. Yeah. But 
I don't. It's 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 more suspicious than anything. The fact that they didn't put Ridley in it. I mean, they even had a throwback to Mother Brain with the little like eye robot things you have to fight yeah. before you get the powers to take the Emmy because they had the same defense and obviously they were like little Mother Brains. I, yeah. I don't know. It was to me. It it feels like when Sam Raimi purposely went out the way to make Venom crap in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> I feel somewhere along the line, one of the developers wasn't a Ridley fan. Possibly. Uh, I mean, it could be It could be a symptom of other M syndrome. Because it could. Everything, it could. everything about Dread has almost been built to sort of like change what other M did. So Ridley was a big part of that. Um, Samus being more vulnerable was part of that. Samus being directed by Adam was part of that. And now Adam has next to no involvement. Ridley's not there. And Samus gives no fucks for anybody. So it could be other, other M syndrome. Or maybe Ridley just died. Well, <laughs> you know? Possibly. But how many times has Ridley died? I mean... Yeah, it's true. As, as I said to you... Um, when we were chatting about it, I find it a lot more believable that Ridley could have got off Sebus instead of Grey, who is stuck underground and is yeah. a big old unit, whereas Ridley's at least capable of flying. But yeah, it could be they are doing the anti other M, but there are better ways to do it. I mean, yeah, I mean, Fusion, ma- Fusion managed it, Fusion still had Adam in and yeah. other aspects, but I think it would have just been good to see this sassy version of Samus who really doesn't care like the way she deals with Creed and just treats him like a joke I think that would have been really interesting to see yeah honestly I really really enjoy this interpretation of Samus I think this is the Samus that everyone um, uh, pre and post other M really wanted to see and that's the Samus who is clearly full of personality and sass but isn't terrified of killing Ridley for the seventh time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I've not played Other M in years, but um, wasn't Other M like pre-Metroid 1, wasn't it supposed to be her no. first mission? Um, no? No, uh, Other M is a direct sequel um, to Super Metroid. Oh, right. It's just, well, it's just before Fusion. Um, and some, right. of the, some of the events of Other M tie into Fusion. Uh, so how the corpse of Ridley is in fusion is is I yeah. think um, explained through other M because uh, that's Neo Ridley. It's a it's a clone. It's an ex parasite version of Ridley in, in fusion. Um, so yeah. that's how the ex got hold of Ridley. You find that in other M. Um, but when you factor in that, why would Samus have PTSD over Ridley when she's actually fought Ridley six times <laughs> uh, prior to this game? Uh, like. If it was just Super Metroid and it was the first time, like, oh, I've just killed Ridley for the first time and it was this big stressful thing. Oh, he's back. Shit, PTSD. But she, she killed Ridley in, in Metroid. She killed him in Metroid Prime 1, 2, and I think 3. Uh, <laughs> which are all, yeah, which, I, I which think are all prequels the issue to Metroid. was so. uh, Koei Tecmo trying to make Samus more human and the fact that she had PTSD. I mean, if you, if you read the... The manga that accompanied over him and it goes into great detail as to why but yeah. the fact that she has fought Ridley as you say at least six times prior 
was a bit of a downfall for it. Yeah, I, th- I think... I, I think what they tried was admirable, but it was too late in the series to mess with a core design. Yeah, I think it was also a bit too cheesy. Uh, the, the the way that the story came across in Other M, I think that the concept and the themes are fine. I think the delivery and execution was really poor. Um, I think I think that's one of the, my biggest issues with Other M is that I don't mind the story. It's, it can be done well, but it wasn't done well. Uh, in my opinion, I think it was a bit too ham-fisted in its attempts. Plus the fact that um, is it Sakamoto, who, who directs most Metroid games, um, I think... From what I've heard, he doesn't actually like the Prime series, and some of the rem kind of messes with the Prime timeline. And the actual overall play plot is kind of this holes have been poked in the plot with the rem, right. um, which is again a bit of a pain. I think it's just because he didn't with, like, he didn't like Prime. With that, then if he if he's turning around and says he doesn't like Prime, but he had involvement in other rem, that might explain why they thought they could get away with like that sticking point at the PTSD because he might just be saying well Prime never happened in which case she's defeated Red Ridley like twice yeah. or I, I, I can't remember if Ridley turned up in Metroid 2 or not but that kind of shock of really what is it going to take to keep Ridley down Yeah. at this point but again that just goes off the theory that he's decided we don't like this, the Prime games I'm, I'm guessing that's um the old Western versus Eastern mentality. Probably, yeah, I'd imagine so. So, um, going off Metroid. Yeah. Uh, G. Darius, I think we better talk about, about oh, that um, God. particular whale in the room. God, I was trying to avoid that one, but uh, yeah, G. Darius. Uh... I know you were trying to avoid it, but it's so <laughs> it, it's tasty. It's tasty toast. God, would, man. You, would you like to? keep people up to speed who may not be up to speed yeah go on so uh, <laughs> i did a review of g darius and then posted it to the various platforms as you do and i made the mistake of commenting on its performance hold on oh, did i call it g darius uh are you just calling it g darius uh you called it g darius but i think it's g- oh it's yeah g- I, it's g I, darius darius, g yeah. darius. <laughs> darius i'm sorry You've, you've corrupted us. So I did a review That's of G. A, it's you in your poser ways. <laughs> See, I did a review of G. Darius and posted it on the Shmup community and all that kind of thing. And I made the mistake of commenting on its performance issues, which there are many. And this resulted in a humongous backlash um, <laughs> that has had <laughs> the majority of the very small uh, Shmup community kick right off and shadow ghost tweeters and retweeters and all kinds of things yeah you got, uh, everything you got subtweeted didn't you yeah everything's just, everything's been going on uh basically kicking that, off saying that i don't understand what shmups are and i don't understand anything to do with arcade stuff and well honestly my defense g darius would be better if the slowdown was consistent and it wasn't so sporadic and that was yes. the point i was making and that's the point everyone's ignoring but you know Small communities. Well, I was flicking through some of the uh, hot takes that were given at your expense. What I like was the fact that wherever you'd posted the initial article, I'm, I'm presuming it was Facebook, has actually been subtweeted by quite a influential, well, two influential users of the Shmup community, and yet you've got people in the in the threads 
who are actually seeing what angle you're coming from. They've literally said that I don't even think they've read your review. No. Or, in fact, my review. Because as I pointed out on um, one of our streamer friends, Justice D's streams the other day, I had the same legitimate concerns with the title as you. In that, yes, I get that games have slowdown, especially shmups. Like, a lot of the cave ones... Like Mushihime Sama and riddle. Death Smiles, they have it, but it's it's a feature. It's not. Occasionally, you do need it because you could not do some of them bullet mazes at sixty frames per second. Not we're not Superman. No, but G. Darius, I noticed when I played through it that there were certain sections that had slowdown for no reason. Like I think it's stage one if you take the B route. And you're going under the sea. Yes. And when it's doing that transition, you hit slow down. So the second it comes out of that transition, you've jumped up to about a random... I want to say 60, but it's probably even more because it feels comically fast. Yes, That first few seconds where it could be like 120 frames. And to me, that is where the issue lies. I've, I've no problem with, say busy screens where you've got lots of enemies and lots of bullets and you need that slowdown to help navigate it. It's It's been a feature of SMUP since day one. But if you're having them slowdown issues in scene transaction, transactions um, and then you're not coming out of it at a, a normal frame rate, you're coming out at an obscure frame rate, you have really have to think fast because you're usually flying straight into bullets and I don't... Yeah. That, that was my issue with it. I feel that's what you had the issue with as well. It was. But how the, the was. community took umbrage with you. This is basically you walking into a JRPG chat and saying, you know what, Persona 4 Golden, not that good. <laughs> exactly. Which is what I was getting from it, because you, you you dared to make the God King bleed. I know, honestly, I was, I was, it was, it's annoying because uh, I think my, the, big, the, the part that really frustrated me uh, when I was playing, was a couple of boss fights because I played through the game multiple times across all the routes. Some of the boss fights were unfairly difficult because randomly during the boss fight, like you said, the the frame rate would just skyrocket to like, and it would be going it would be going much faster than it had been prior to that part of the game. But it was coming off of a slowdown period too, and it was like, but this like. Oh, there's like two enemies have spawned on screen. This big boss fight, and then suddenly the frame rate skyrocketed to like twenty thousand, and then you you can't react to that, and then it'll no. then it'll suddenly drop again, and then it's just like it's not there's arcade accuracy, and I don't think I mean I made the comment that arcade accuracy is a cop out for basically bad design, and yeah, and the counter argument was we'd have more parts if that was the case. Yeah, because that is the way. That's the way the world works. Yeah, and but it, that I can't. I don't believe that that is part of the arcade. That has to be an issue with this port, and irregardless of if it is part of the arcade design to begin with, M2, like the whole argument's moot because M2 have done like um, ports before, where they've introduced a slow downless version of the game. I think. Well, funny you I think the Alesta the collection did that. Um, yeah. So this this port feels really lazy because they've done the bare minimum. It's funny you should should say that because there is a version of G Darius and I mentioned it in my review where it's um, G Darius version 2.0. Uh, that is, I, I checked the website and it claims it is coming in an update at some point, but 
the game's been out nearly a year in Japan now, so I can't see it myself, but 2.0, or as, it, as known by the fans, some call it Black Label because of the changes it makes, but it is a much smoother experience. There is still bouts of slowdown, but it's on only on the very heavy areas. So there is a version of the game which is a lot cleaner and a lot easy, easier process-wise to actually play through. It doesn't have these issues that the HD version or the base arcade version. And the fact that they are charging, I think it's around £25-£30 for these ports where... When it released in Japan, it was part of, I think it was called the Cosmic Collection, and you got Darius Burst and G. Darius for the same price they're charging singular for each of the games. It's ridiculous. And th- this seems to be an, uh, I think they're called Inin or Inin or whatever they're called. Yeah. This seems to be their, their graft or their angle with games because they did it with um space invaders they, re- they released like four just randomly as one package when there was an 11 game collection right. and then a year down the line they've gone oh yeah you can have the other collection now and they, they seem to be breaking up these collections and nickel and dime in them and it really annoys me especially in the case of g darius and that where there isn't like extra features like with with that and with the space invaders there wasn't a gallery mode or anything like that any of them little things that yeah usually you skip over but i know for like the samurai showdown neo geo collection that had a fantastic gallery with videos artwork and you could spend a lot of time in it and to me it doesn't it doesn't take up that much memory or time to just throw in a load of concept art maybe a few interviews even like especially when talking Darius a jukebox mode because of the fantastic soundtrack which is another thing I believe you didn't like on G Darius or there was a comment that was taken out of context totally out of context I made the comment that uh, Darius typically doesn't have catchy music Um, so which is true. I don't think Darius has catchy music. I think but I did mention that it's got this wonderfully ethereal soundtrack that has like vocals and just like weird shit going on. It feels yeah. distinctly alien in a really good way. It's just not catchy. I, I get what you mean by it, that. Ca- I mean, it's I, not catchy. I, That's fine. It doesn't yeah, have to be. I do, I do really enjoy the soundtracks for it, but I get what you're saying in that there are some songs you can like a song, and then there's catchy songs. Yeah, it's a, it's that old thing like. You you could personally really like a track off an album, but you hear another track and it's a much more catchy tune and that is the one that gets stuck in your head. Now, I, I do have the Darius soundtracks on my phone and I do listen to him, but then they're completely overwritten by something else. Five, ten minutes down the line when I've moved on to another soundtrack. Like, yeah. I work... As much as I don't like the game, but I have the soundtrack, I could listen to, say, Darius Gaiden's soundtrack but then go over to the Persona 5 soundtrack, and the minute I hear that battle theme song, everything else is overwritten because of how catchy that is. Yeah, definitely. So I do, I do get what you're saying. It's It was taken out of context in the fact that it is... I, I personally think the G-Dryer soundtrack is fantastic, so do I. but I it's, it's so good. quirky and obscure that it doesn't always stick with you in the way that something a bit poppier, a bit easier to digest would. Yeah. And again, it was just the fact that you'd already kicked this hornet's nest with your <laughs> comments about 
the fact that an untouchable game has actually got flaws yeah. and that people were just dissecting it and finding more issues. And the biggest issue is that I actually really enjoyed uh, I really enjoyed G Darius. It's a fantastic <laughs> game. Uh the, the the mechanics on display like it's it's a really fun game. It takes aspects of um Darius Gaiden and then expands upon them with the whole capture mechanic. Like oh man, it's it's a really fun game, but it was just a performance. It holds it back and to me the performance in GD Rise holds it back more than the input lag in the Cotton reboot, in the Cotton remakes or ports that came out as well recently, which were badly received as a result. But I think GD Rise feels worse to play than those games. In, in, in some instances, it feels worse to play. But, you know, no, I'm, I, a, I I'm a poser. I'm a poser, so what do I know? You are a poser. <laughs> uh, talking to them cotton ports, um, I know City Connection, who developed them, have said they're going to look into patching, but word on the grapevine is because of the emulator it runs through, they're not going to be patched. It's not fit, it's, they're not able to patch it well, because heard... they are running through an emulator. Yeah, I heard it was the reason why it has input lag is because it has a, a like a rewind feature. Um, word on the in the shmup community is that's what's caused it. It's the rewind feature, and apparently most games with a rewind feature come with higher input delay. Um, I'd imagine that's probably to buffer the inputs and stuff, so they can probably. do the rewind. Yeah, which is a shame yeah, because um, so, uh, Cotton Two. Um, and Boomerang are both very fun. Cotton Boomerang's hard as fucking nails, but <laughs> Cotton <laughs> 2 is really fun, very unique. But, you know, if you can't handle the up to 10 frames of delay, then it's not going to be playable. And I think it's, it's perfectly perfectly playable for a casual or uh, a casual player. But, or a poser. Or a poser like myself. <laughs> but if you're going to go for those 1ccs or look for like real like longevity in Cotton 2 and Cotton Boomerang, you're not going to find them because you can't. There's not enough precision there to make it worthwhile, unfortunately. Well, I, I watched um, some of your streams when you were streaming them. Yes. I don't remember you actually pointing out the input lag. Was it you just weren't aware of it at the time or now that it's been made aware you've been made aware of it do you feel it more now is it something because i i'm a bugger i i suck at counting frames which is what's has always held me back with fighting games and with a lot of the um shmups sometimes i don't know it's the input lag like i played glay lancer recently and and um studio shmup or whatever they call bullet heaven Studio Bullet Heaven, they mentioned that there is an input lag. They couldn't put the finger on how much it was, but they said there was an input lag, whereas I've played through the game three, four times now, and I don't think it lagged with my inputs once. Um, I didn't mention it in the stream because um, I was playing them for the first time, and I was trying to brute force Cotton 2, not understanding that the mechanics don't necessarily allow you to play it like a regular shmup. So I was more frustrated in the sense that I was trying to shoot things when your base <laughs> shot in Cotton 2 is practically useless. Um, more for you for wanting to shoot in a shmup. I know. So I was more frustrated at Cotton 2 the first time that I played it because of that. So I wasn't really paying attention to the um, 
to the lag at all. I was more just irritated that everything was taking too long to kill. <laughs> but um, well, the, well, the, the, more, the more I played, you. the more that I noticed it. Um, right. But that first stream, uh, I was very negative on Cotton Tea because I didn't understand what I was doing. Such as yeah, the case so of streaming. I remember the message. Well, it is, isn't it? Sometimes you'll stream a game and you just... Because your focus isn't quite there because you're trying to juggle gameplay and audience, you don't quite put the effort where it's needed. I did notice when you streamed it, though, everything was pretty much in Japanese. Is that still the case? Uh, yes. Is it kind of... At, so it's... Right. So I'm aware. Uh, the, the, man, the, the, the manual, I'm presuming, is all in Japanese, then. Uh, no, there's a... Um, no, there's a, there's a fully translated English sort of like how to play uh, right. in the game, but everything else is Japanese. So the story is you're not going to get much from, it, which is a shame because the dialogue in reboot and the story in reboot was quite charming. But yeah, you, you I mean, reboot was a special game. To be fair, that was one. Of, yeah, that was that was a top tier schmuck. Yeah. But uh, no, I cut, cut on two, it's all in Japanese. And mm. you, one thing, so you might as well just turn off the actual, there's an option in the in the um, menu to turn off all the story. And you may yeah, as well, I mean, you you may as well do it, this, yeah. especially since um, all the story is skippable until the last cutscene and the credits, which you can't skip. Oh, so you be sitting through that every single time when I turn them off anyway. Uh, so you might that as well just turn me. them off. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the uh, Sonic credit, Sonic Colors Unlimited credits are quite a marathon to get through because they're playable. Really? But, uh, from what I hear, yeah. I mean, I, I picked up a copy of it when it went physical the other week, but I've not really sat down with it yet because I was playing it handheld and it looked an absolute bloomy mess. And not surprised. I I remember the level design being a lot better than it was, but. This game really kind of doesn't want you to boost. It doesn't want that feeling of speed. The second you go into like the 3D boost sections, you've got little ledges that catch you all the time. Yeah. So even though some of the levels are like 25 seconds long, there is a really short level very early on. It doesn't have the sense of speed that other ones I feel had. Okay. I know it got. I know it got lambasted, but I really enjoyed Sonic Forces. I think if it hadn't have had such a level of hype that it did, I think people would have been a little bit more receptive to what it was, in which it was a very fun but quick Sonic game. And yeah. Colors kind of tries to tiptoe the line between what Generations and Unleashed did before it with its 3D levels, but it's it wants you to slow down as well. It wants you to play it a lot more like the classic Sonic games. And it doesn't quite hit that soft spot for me. Yeah. And again, it wasn't... It's amazing how it's buggy it is now and how there isn't much added to it. And yet, Super Monkey Ball, Sega kind of threw everything on the kitchen sink into making this really fantastic celebration. Yeah, I love Monkey Ball. What is essentially a niche series. You see, I like Monkey Ball, but I didn't play it initially this is my first aside from the wii release this is my first time really playing monkey ball and it's fun i just 
for me, I don't think I can personally play Monkey Ball. I think it's it doesn't click with me, but I do see it as a fun arcade experience yeah. and can see why people like it. Honestly, it's it's it, you think of small monkeys in little gacha balls doing like weird mazes, and it's gonna be like adorable little adventure through like a fairly easy game, and then you play it, and after the first five levels, it becomes the hardest game you've ever played ever, and <laughs> it requires those, those Satan modes so quick. It, re- it requires you to do some absolutely in- incredible feats of physics spending stuff to sort of like get anywhere near like competent with the later levels. It's ridiculous, but it's so much fun. I, I played Monkey Ball back on the GameCube. Um, I've played uh, one, two, and three, and then I, I don't think I played any other ones. Um, and then coming back to it now on the end of the, on this giant anniversary celebration, ah, it was so good. Loved it. One of the best games I've played this year, honestly. I was going to ask that. Um, what are your forerunners for Game of the Year now we're in, um, coming to the end of October? Uh, this is hard. Um, uh, Metroid Dread is up there. Uh, Deathloop, Returnal, and Cotton Reboot are all in the runnings for Game of the Year this year for me. That, that's a fantastic mix, that, actually. Uh, up until Dread, yeah. honestly, up until Dread, Cotton Reboot was number one. Um, yeah. But Dread is, Dread's came in and it's, it's knocked us around a bit, man. Like, I had six days of post-Metroid Dread slump. <laughs> um, well, well I, it's, I it's a played... shame Nintendo didn't take advantage of that and allow you to purchase the others on the virtual console. I mean, if you, it's, it's shocking. They've got the, the entire Metroid library on Wii U. Like, just sitting there. You can go there, what? you can download everything. Like, Fusion, you can download uh, Zero Mission. Everything yeah. apparently is on Wii U. Pro- none of them are on Prime Switch. Prime Trilogy as well was, wasn't it? Yes, and Prime Trilogy. That's all on Wii U, but none of them are on Switch. And I, was like, I don't get where <laughs> the Prime Trilogy is on the Switch, because it's been rumoured for so long. I know. You, you would have thought by now it would be on shelves, or there'd be an announcement, or even like a a, a shadow drop on the eShop. Yeah, for every good thing Nintendo do, they pull bizarre shit like this. Like, they need to build hype for Prime 4. Prime 4 should, in reality, launch next year. If everything's going to plan. It's been, like, five years since it was it was announced. And, like, three years it, since it was cancelled. I think it's going to be quietly cancelled. I think it's going to suffer the same fate as Dread did. Probably. I just... I mean, Dread probably... The reception from Dread is probably boosted interest in Prime 4 but I feel we should have at least known anything about the title by now not even, not even a smidge that. of gameplay you know, I mean, there's nothing yeah. on it at all uh, it we've was... got a name and, um, I believe Retro Studios is working on it but I think the staff keep changing every other month yeah there's, it, lo- there's lots of um, hiring going out there um, I think just to plug that gap Prime Trilogy even if they, if they want to Entice gamers more. Prime Trilogy with Metroid Hunters and Metroid Prime Pinball as bonuses. Excellent. Hunters is a, is a fine game and Pinball is surprisingly fun. So that'd be a fantastic Pentology to uh, play through, really. But That's it. And it, it, it gives that... everyone something to play and sal- salve over until Prime 4. At least a, a trailer. Maybe have a trailer at the end when you 100% um, 
Metro Prime 1 to 3 and then have a trailer at the end for Prime 4. Yeah. Even if it's just a teaser one and it's just Samus going into the hood and showing a bit of the planet they'll be on. But yeah. they, need, they need to do something and I think the fact that they are so prevalent now emulators and stuff like you saw the whole it how easy it is to emulate metroid dread on pcs now yeah, that they are really the they're really missing the mark with not having a, the prime trilogy on the switch i mean the gyro controls alone would be a game seller people people would buy the people want it but for some reason Nintendo are just not interested in doing it. It's it's amazing why they're not. Uh, the Prime Trilogy is one of the best c- collections of first-person shooters to come out from the seventh generation. Seventh? I think it was the seventh generation, or eighth. Regardless, it came out, like, Prime 1, Prime 2, and Prime 3 are, like, excellent examples of just unique first-person shooters that you, you, we've never seen before, like, before or since. And... It would be great to play them again on Switch, especially in preparation for the long-awaited sequel. Prime 4 has been in development for five years. It's been cancelled once already. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, there needs to be like, something uh, big up to big up Prime again. Uh, and I'm hoping Dread does spur some interest in the series again, because Dread's done fantastically sales-wise. Uh, the hype on Twitter is still there. Um, but... Metroid is so prone to going into hibernation. So yeah, prone, and I don't happen again. But I am looking forward to see what Mercury Steam does next. I've heard rumours oh. that they are, or were before Dread, looking to um, do a remake of Metroid Fusion before Dread. And oh. I think the success of Dread might give Nintendo a reason to let them do that. Yeah, and I, mean, I really hope they like do. Nin- I really hope they do. Yeah, well, let's say it's not like Nintendo actually do anything with Metroid anymore. No, it, it it gets sent out to third parties, so I don't see why they shouldn't let Mercury Steam do the two D ones. I mean, you've got Retro Studios doing Prime, but I think Prime Four is going to be the make or break for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I don't I don't see why not. It'd be good. I think it would also be interesting if uh, Konami give them another crack. Maybe now they've got a bit more of a proven track record to yes. let them do another like Metroidvania style game because the I think it was Lords of Mirrors or Mirror Mirror of Fate it was on the 3DS and later yes. the consoles. It had some ideas there, but it wasn't fully realised. Um, Capcom, not Capcom, Konami need a win now. So why not hand them over the reins to do one? Maybe remake one that isn't part of the series anymore, like a remake of Circle of the Moon, but with their own flair to it. The, yeah. It's obvious Konami want to do something with castlevania i just don't think they know what they want to do with it with the with the re-releases and the netflix series they know they've got a hot property on their hands i just don't think they have the the drive or the knowledge anymore to know what they want to do with the series well did you see that uh, i forgot who did the interview but um the someone interviewed the um one of the creative leads of castlevania and konami uh, and they said that they're st- 
long story short, it's difficult to make a new series in a well-known franchise that's been dormant, essentially. Um, so I think you're totally right. They want to make a new Castlevania. They want to do something with the brand. And uh, the first anniversary collection is absolutely fantastic. The advanced collection is fantastic too. It, they've, they've done well breaking through their own stigma <laughs> by, make, yeah. by making these collections that are... Like, the, the, like, they did Requiem too. Tried Rondo and uh, Symphony of the Night. That's like three collections in three or four years and it's their greatest hits of Castlevania they've had a four season uh, anime like yeah they want to do something with the, with the series but I think they're looking for someone to take over take it over and yeah, yeah Merc- I- Mercury Steam is ideal they've, they've started strong with their Castlevania DS game that was okay they went on to Samus Returns which was a fantastic game and they've like knocked the ball out of the park with Dread so they're, they're yeah, a, I, I they're think good. they are. They are a perfect choice for it. I mean, I, I still don't get why Requiem is stuck on the PlayStation. No that, idea. That's a bizarre one. All I can fathom is there is some kind of exclusive deal with Symphony of the Night. I, I'd imagine but so. I, but yeah. I think Konami really need to look into farming out more of their series and maybe, as much as I enjoyed the game, don't go the Contra Rogue Core route on it because no, that, that was not well. the right... I, I enjoyed the game, but not because it was a Contra game. I think I just... I, I found a base level of fun with that, but I don't think it did enough to honour the Contra series and considering how popular... 16-bit pixel run-and-gun games are now, and they still were at the time. Yeah, why they couldn't have just stayed that route is beyond me. Yeah, I mean, I think I would like to see Return to Contra's roots, and I think it would do well. Like a new Contra game that's 2D, you know, all the flip jumping, flip shooting. I think that would do really well nowadays. Um, and yeah, again, Castlevania, ripe. Yeah, totally ripe. Konami Obsession do well. Silent Hill, they could really do with maybe farming it out to another studio. Ideally, not Bloober. Oh, God, because, no. Yeah, <laughs> the, <laughs> I, everything, I, I don't think I've actually played a Bloober studio game, but from my understanding, every single game they do is a walking simulator. And... I know Silent Hill wasn't famous for its combat, even when they tried to make one that was combat-focused in Homecoming. I do like horror games with combat elements, like Tormented Souls by P-Cubes. I reviewed that recently, and that was a fantastic throwback to the old tank control survival horror games. It missed the mark in some places, but for the most part, it got everything I enjoyed about the genre, right? Which, I think, since we've had games like Outlast and Amnesia with these kind of hide-and-seek horrors, where yeah. we've lost that traditional horror, combat horror mix, where the combat was clunky, but that's so you, you were never overpowered. Your ammo was scarce, so you couldn't just run through it. And yeah. I feel with the Bloober games, if you know it's a walking simulator, then... It's more. It's just the balance is off for me. Yeah, I've played all 
well, I don't want to say all, uh, the three games that I know of I've played from Libra Team, that's Lisa Fia 1, 2 and The Medium. And I think one was a fine experiment. Uh, I think it, it did okay sort of like selling Libra Team as being a okay developer with ideas. Two completely dropped the ball. But the medium's okay. <laughs> uh, the medium did okay. Um, it fixed a lot of my issues with their general, like, blueber teamness. But it still felt very much um, trapped in the. I, I don't think they know how. It's, well, it's, it's like the Emmy in Dread. They don't know how to implement a chase or a scary part of the game without it feeling like a sectioned off area of the game so yeah. like in a game like amnesia um for example uh I, I imagine it's similar in the sense that and en- the enemies are scripted so they will appear at certain times and you'll be able to sort of like you you should with enough practice be able to break down when you're supposed to be scared and when you when you're safe but you can't do yeah. that on your first playthrough with Bluebird Team games, you know the very second you're in danger, and then the very second you are not in danger. So you are not scared. Like at any, that's it. You, you aren't scared. It, you, you're just like, oh, now's the time I need to run away or I need to hide. And it's very much it's segmented and it feels segmented. And they've never actually managed to get beyond that with the horror. And I think that would be really bad for a Silent Hill game. I wouldn't like to see them take it on. Yeah. Um, and I, I, spe- that- Speaking of Silent Hill, have you seen the Blue Point drama? <laughs> uh, no. Well, apparently they're getting death threats um, and I, th- I saw something about physical violence too, although I haven't looked into it. Um, well, they've been... There's a, a Twitter theory that Blue Point games... Is it Blue Point? Is it, um, oh, not Blue Point. The ones who did oh, the HD collections and that blueprint. No, oh god, here are the. Oh man, Blue Point I, Games. I don't think it is. No, I think I'm, I'm getting the name wrong. Ah, well, there's a Twitter drama about. I'm sure it's got it's got a blue in it somewhere. <laughs> there's a drama where this, this this very small unknown studio has been. Um, people think Kojima is secretly working for them, and that he's working on a Silent Hill game, and it's this big old conspiracy oh, theory. I think I... I think I remember something along these lines, where this, like, horror studio made some really obscure, like, oh, we've got this title coming, and everything pointed towards Silent Hill. Yes, that's, that's the one. Um, to the point they come out and said, no, it's not, and then people have looked into the track history, and they haven't actually released a game at all ever they've always cancelled the games and there was a bit more to it yeah it's, it's this big old like thing going on but they've, they've been in people have been sending them death threats now which is not okay um yeah. and it's like as awful as it is that they're getting death threats i think it definitely shows <laughs> like on the on the silver lining front it shows that people desperately want a sell until the game back you know what i mean um, they do. Like Konami are sitting on so many hot properties, and they're just they're not doing things with them. Um, it's been many years since they fucked yeah. up their gamer cred by ousting Kojima and murdering Metal Gear with Survive. Like, <laughs> I, th- I think people are excited now to see Konami uh, do something interesting, and I hope yeah, and I, I hope think... I hope they do. I really hope they do. Yeah. 
Uh, what Konami, I think, ideally need is they need someone like Microsoft or Sony to come along and buy them and use their properties. Like, yeah. uh, example, Xbox with Bethesda. I think Konami need that where they can't be in charge of their own stuff anymore. They need someone to tell them, right, you, this is what you are making now. We want these games done this way. And I think they'd be fine doing that. Whereas... I think the way they are at the moment, they're still struggling. They're kind of putting out anniversary collections and they're celebrating the history without think, without having a firm plan of how to move forward. Yeah. I, it reminds us a lot of um, the dark age of Capcom, uh, where they yeah. did a lot of shitty things back to back to back and kind of like ruined oh, their yeah. own rep. It feels a lot like yeah, that, but then they came back swinging. destroyed themselves, didn't they, in yeah. uh, the PS3 360 generation. Yeah, but they came back swinging. For every the, good idea they had, yeah, they, they've come back so strong, but every good idea they had in that generation, they had about seven bad ones. Yeah. Like, the fact they managed to get Street Fighter and Tekken in the same game, and then fuck it up that colossally with yes. Nickel and Diamond, that Namco have waited that long to... They won't outright say it, but Tekken Cross Street Fighter is cancelled. I know they keep saying it's on the back burner, it may happen. It's not going to happen because there was that much of a stigma with Street Fighter Cross Tekken that they didn't want any part of it. Yeah, I mean, and if they released it, they'll be, you, if they released it now... You know it was bad. You know it was bad because Capcom didn't push it. There must have been some agreement, some contractual agreement to say, we will do this you do your game like they did with the Capcom vs SNK and SNK vs Capcom. Yeah. Games are released on both sides. They must have realised what an absolute ball drop they did in the fact <laughs> they never pushed for t- Namco to produce their side of the game. They were kind of like, we've done this, we've fucked up, we know. We'll, we'll just silently let it go. I think that is why Namco won't officially say the game is cancelled because it they may breach contract, but there may have been a discussion that where Capcom, sorry, and Namco have said, yeah, this isn't going to get any better at any point. Yeah. And then they did stuff like Azura's Wrath, where they hid the ending between DLC, and yet oh, this God, generation, yeah. they've come back so brilliantly strong with like Resi 7, Resident Evil Remake 2. 3 is a bit of a sticking point. And yep. There is a lot of rumours. I don't know if you've heard about them, about the Nemesis edition. Uh, I haven't heard anything, any of the rumours, no. Right, um, well, the editor of Otaku Gamers put me on this particular thread where apparently there is talk of a Nemesis edition of Resi 3 where it's going to add a clock tower area. Ooh, uh, okay. Tweak the Nemesis so he appears more and is more of a consistent threat like Mr. X and apparently upgrade the visuals, add a bit more length to the game and make it more of a substantial experience that's because, it, as you know, the budget, the budget was split between that and Resistance. Whether it's true or not, personally, I can't see it. It sounds... I know the, the thread did say it was going to be a paid upgrade, I'd pay for but, that. I, I mean, I would. If, if they could really nail 3 the way they did 2, I'll have it. And I did enjoy 3, but so it was over so quickly. And Nemesis was barely in it. It's like, I was actually dreading the fact that Nemesis should have been like Mr. X was in Resi 2. And then when it dropped the game, and I was like, oh, well, I've seen... Re- 
Nemesis about two times in what didn't feel like a completely scripted boss fight. I feel yeah. they really dropped the ball with that. But then, obviously, Resi 7 was fantastic. Resi 8, mm, some bits <laughs> were great, and, and some bits I was like, we're, we're just making the same fucking problems we had previously, just in a better way. Yeah. Like, they, they leaned so much into the goofiness with with eight that it felt like I was playing a first person version of six again. Like after the Castle Dimitrescu stuff, and even I think up until the last hour or two, where Heisenberg t- turns into the main bad guy of it, yeah. and you got to fight him in a tank and you're running around a factory and I was just like, what the fuck has happened here? <laughs> Up until then, it was a, a fairly decent horror game. I'd, I'd gotten over the fact we had vampires yeah. and werewolves and the next minute I'm shooting everything and I'm playing a tank battle and everyone's fucking respawning and I was just like, we, we've not learned. No. We've not learned again. I mean, my thoughts on it was I really enjoyed the first playthrough a lot. Um, I enjoyed the castle, obviously, the best part of the game, followed by the house. No spoilers, the house is pretty damn fucking terrifying. Um, yeah. And, you know, the weird fish dude was okay, and then Heisenberg eh, goes downhill. It's the second playthroughs, it's the third playthroughs where the game's yeah. cracks really show because it's it, you realise just how scripted the, everything is. And that illusion is pulled away. Like, the, the whole fish boss area is awful on a second playthrough. It's tedious, it takes I too long, imagine. it is terrible. Um, the scary house is completely... It's just a half an hour slog of just waiting yeah. um, and Heisenberg's factory is way too long it felt long the first playthrough and it's just yeah. it's ridiculous how I think for me that Heisenberg's factory Heisenberg's factory didn't feel scary at all even in the first playthrough no it was irri- it was irritating like the way you had to fight the monsters but you still had the ammo you had so many weapons it was more of an annoyance it leaned into that horror schlock kind of thing whereas the rest of the game was more traditional horror with your lichens and your vampires so I can see especially on a second playthrough the house is going to be an eye roller yeah definitely really was and the factory as you say felt long as hell the first time round yeah I can't even imagine the second and it's funny how much of the game could have been avoided if they didn't Based the plot around Chris Redfield being a chip. Oh god, yes. The the plot. Like if he had just <laughs> met up with Ethan and told him what was going on, yeah. none of that would have happened. And yet, they didn't even give a good enough reason. And what really made me laugh is actually how an NPC turns around and says, "Chris, why didn't you just talk to Ethan?" Yes. The point out the. And floor. he can't even give an answer. Yeah. It's like they wanted a kind of plot twist. But they didn't think it through, which is funny because I recently watched a program with the wife where it did exactly the same thing. Right. Now I won't say I won't say the program and I won't say the plot twist. Okay. But by the end of it, we'd watched it. The the final plot twist had happened, and she was like, "I didn't see that coming." Did you? And I said, "No," 
because it didn't make sense. It was yeah. a plot twist for the sake of having a plot twist. It was a plot twist you could have seen coming if you'd have thought about it, if you'd seen where it was signposted. But then I pointed out that certain things up until that point didn't add up. Like, when they found this dead body in the program I was watching, they never... They went down one path of investigating for it where when you actually find out what happened, the cause of death was completely different. All right. And yet they were happy enough to call it a day on one because of like, oh, well, we've got the killer. And then when it finally revealed, I was like, well, that was a completely different cause of death. How was that ignored? <laughs> yeah. And it, I think to me it was when they were writing it, maybe they hadn't decided on the ending or they just really wanted to push that. This is going to have a shocking plot twist. Yeah. But there's a difference between a well-written shocking plot twist and what was produced in that. And that is what I'm bringing back to Resi 8 because I'm I'm sure you know where I was going with this. But the, the plot twists from the arsehole-ish Chris onwards, and again, we'll just, we won't mention for spoilers, yeah. but that last, say, exposition dump where everything happened to the point like, yeah, it makes sense, but was it needed? Like, I felt it was a bit too much. I totally agree. Uh, I feel like the whole Chris thing as well was just trailer bait. I think it was just there. Yes. It was just there to build hype, and then obviously the story was stupid. <laughs> so did, That's it, because they did this sense. whole. I mean, Chris is on the front cover for fuck's sake, but you barely see him. Yeah, you and... only see him like they, they twice in the story, and then you see him for like a prolonged section. Um, yeah. after Heisenberg and that's it he's gone it's like three scenes but the game could have easily happened without him 100% he, 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 I think he was just in there to kind of and the same with later on where they tie it to the previous Resident Evil games I think when they released 7 they decided it was the start of a new chapter for Resi and it was only going to briefly tie into the series yeah and then They've panicked and they've realised the remakes have done well and they're just thinking now, how can they tie it back in? Which is like with the strange Chris Redfield that appeared at the end of 7. I was nothing like the one in 8 and now is it, they make him out like he's one of the antagonists of 8 and when really he's barely there. They, it, it, again, it's it seems like Capcom are at a point where they don't know which foot to put forward. I mean... A Resident Evil 4 remake, for fuck's sake. Does it even need it when we haven't got any feasible way of playing Code Veronica, for fuck's sake? I mean, yeah, I mean, where's Code Veronica's remake? We've, we've had a two, we've had three. We need, we need an accessible way to play Code Veronica because it is an integral part of the story. It is. And it's a fantastic but game that it, deserves like, some more attention. It was, it, it was lost on the Dreamcast. with four. So... It was buried. I, I don't get it. Yeah, it was buried on the Dreamcast, and then it got put onto the 360 and stuff later on. But like, it's such a, it's such an unknown mainline game. It's ridiculous, but it, it deserves more than it has. And it, it starts. It, ideally, it stars Claire Redfield, who is um, obviously shot to stardom with Resident Evil 2, which was fantastic yeah. in that game. So bring that back for this game makes total sense. But we're getting four, and. As much as I like 4, I, I don't think 4 needs a remake. It doesn't. I played it last year and it still holds up just as well. Yeah, uh, 4 doesn't need a remake. I think it's, uh, especially as well, 
uh, there seems to be a lot of uh, issues surrounding the development of 4 as well. Um, they haven't brought back, like, they've, they've requested Shinji Mikami come back for it and he said no, which is a, um, yeah. a, a bit of a hit, I think, to that game, since it was his sort of like magnum opus, essentially. Uh, he, yeah, he well, has, went on to Evil Within and stuff later on, didn't he? Yeah, so. so he's refused to come back for that. Um, and then there's been issues with how they've changed the development team because it was originally like a, the the B team working on it, and then that didn't go well. So they've, they've raked in the A team now, and they're sort of picking up the scraps <laughs> and trying to make something from it now. And it's just like, ah, man, you're trying to remake one of the... You know, it's, it was at the time a 10 out of 10 game of the generation kind of thing. You're trying to remake this. It's not, yeah, it's not trying gonna, to catch lightning in a bottle. <laughs> you're, not, you're not going to get the same result, unfortunately. Uh, I, I don't yeah. think it's going to go well. Even if it comes out and it's great, I don't think it's going to have the same reception as that original. Because uh, the original, as cheesy and as it put the series down a bad path, because then 5 and yeah. 6 came as immediate follow ups. Um, Which is proof they couldn't recapture the magic of all the. They yeah. leaned in the wrong directions. Exactly. It was a perfect mix of like actual horror, action gameplay. There was still resource management. There were still puzzles, and there was just enough like classic Resident Evil camp to sort of like just like push it over the finish line. And then the lost. They took away everything that made that game good and just made it all action all the time. And then oh, yeah. it was just ah. Uh, I don't think they can redo it. I think it's a mistake. No. And there's other games we could definitely remake in the series. Well, if we keep on the schedule that we have been doing, um, I'd say ish, episode four of this cast will probably release after the remake. <laughs> probably, yeah, definitely. It is. Um, but I think, as fun as it is, we are going to have to leave it there as we're coming up to the hour mark. I think it's a perfect Though place to end. flown by. It is. I think we should aim to try and do this a lot more. I, I, I know I agree. you've been busy, as a, as I have, where my own personal podcast is... It, I've killed it again for like the seventh time now. <laughs> I, I, I don't have time or the skill to pull off a one-man podcast. It's, um, it's, a lot, it's hard work. It's hard work talking to yourself it is. It's for a long re- period of time. It is really hard. Um, I am trying to put a bit more focus into streaming. I know you've started picking up the streaming and you've been doing your YouTube videos as well. Um, uh, I've dropped off YouTube um, because it felt too much like I was talking to the abyss. Uh, yeah. I find streaming much more satisfying. Um, but yeah. It- For me, it's more of a trying to get the balance right. I do want to stream more, but obviously free kids... And full-time work. Can't do yeah. occasionally put a, put a dampener on that. But uh, I have recently made the decision, and when I say recently, I'm talking like days ago, okay. that I am re-ba- rebranding Power Dunks brand. All right. Where it, I'm keeping the name because I have somewhat made a name. I know, um, obviously, the Nook Boys and that all know me as Dunk. Um, other streamers will... All, all call me Dunk, so I, I, I've made peace with the fact that I am now Power Dunk. Yeah. I, I answer to Dunk. Dunk's not even close to my actual name, which is <laughs> funny, but yeah, I, I love Dunk. I have people that I, like a, a colleague of mine I work with who also streams, he started calling me Dunk at work. 
All right. Which is funny because occasionally I come out with his name as well and I can see people looking at us like, what the fuck are you two doing? But I have embraced the fact I am Dunk, but I am dropping the fighting game focus from streams and YouTube videos. Yeah. I want to lead more... As, as much as I love fighting games and the recent Melty Blood release was fantastic and I've been going through the Marvel games... For me, when I started Power Dunk with my old co-host, it was more of a bonding thing for us. Yeah. We set challenges, and we were really hyper-focused on fighting games. And I think now I don't have that anchor, so to speak. I want to kind of spread my wings and go into stuff I find more interesting. So you'll notice with more streams and stuff that I'm going to lean into the bizarre side of gaming, like the simple series on the PlayStation and as of my last stream i was streaming the good life which is a sweary 65 title i plan to go through all of his stuff all suders that'd be fun and just die deep dive more into weird obscure retro games the stuff that i that is really bizarre but i find so captivating much like the darius soundtracks and that yeah so there there is an element of rebranding like this morning i've been fully changing the twitch layout to represent more what i want it to rather than looking like a bunch of street fighter free backgrounds and that's pretty that, that's, that's where i want to go in the future i want to make power dunk more of a personal project rather than a fighting brand as what it was originally designed as that sounds really cool that sounds like, like a really interesting path to go down and i'm excited to see where it goes cheers buddy i'm excited to see where toast is streaming ends up i know you've had a, a bit of time off it recently uh, I've had, uh yeah i've had i've been off the stream since around about the sixth uh so it's kind of like on a two weeks of not being streaming um but i'm planning on going back today uh intended to go back to streaming on monday uh, on monday so that's today and i'm going to try mm. and finish off uh sekiro which has been a very fun stream to do uh with <laughs> lots of lots you. of swearing but it's a very good game if you haven't played yeah, it, I, I encourage people to play Sekiro and give it a chance. It's very, very good. I played it and it absolutely humbled me. Really did. I got up to the boss, the guy on the horse. And yes. that had taken months, so Wow. <laughs> I can appre- I can appreciate the game's good, but again, I couldn't play it. It didn't click for me. Yeah. But I'm not one of them who, if I can't play a game, it's a bad game. I fully appreciate the failings with that game is for whatever reason, it didn't click with me per se, but still a fantastic game. And what I had played, I absolutely adored. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, it's a very, very the, hard, very hard game. But it's for the safety fun. of my own controller and console, it was just put the game down now. Yeah, I, th- I think I've had two full streams where I was just like shouting in the mic, just like absolutely <laughs> just rage filled. And then the rest of the streams have been me shouting down the mic with complete hype and jubilation as I'm like killing these bosses like first try and shit. <laughs> It's like mind-blowingly good. Um, That's it. I suppose with the lowest of lows, you do get the highest of highs. Yeah. <laughs> but I should, I should finish it next stream, I think. I'm I'm, I'm in the secret end game, I think. So. Awesome. Where can yeah, you catch your streams? It's over at Streams with Toasty on Twitch, and I stream from 10-ish. Uh, it's 10pm onwards normally. So, should be quite oh, fun. nice. Can, yeah, well, I'll see you there, where, buddy. Where can we catch your streams? Uh, same place, twitch.tv slash powerdunk. Hey. Um, 
And of course, you can find me on Twitter at PowerDunk. Very exciting. And yeah, you usually find me in anything you posted as well, your threads. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, that has been over an hour of me and you on a totally unscripted waffle along. Got to love good waffle. Good chin wag. You do. Anyway, we'll, we'll try and make this more of a regular thing. I've been Power Dunk. I've been Games of Toasty. And we have been Gaming with Power. See you next time. In a bit.